Hello and welcome to another edition of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. So, as you can tell, it's a, a cold open, um, just because uh, this was this is a tough week uh, for uh, not just the NBA community, not just the overall basketball community, uh, but the sports community uh, in general. Obviously, um, talking about the the passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, and of course, uh, his daughter Gianna, um, and of course the other passengers in the, in that helicopter crash uh, in in Calabasas. Um, but the, the the news that really reverberated through the world uh, was, of course, you know the passing of of an NBA legend uh, in Kobe Bryant, and someone that it's tough to to put into words the the impact that he had. Uh, like I said, not just in, in the basketball world, but in the sports world. Uh, in general, and it's it's tough. Um, it's tough, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get through it today. Um, this is not this is not my forte. I'm not good at this. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it's very difficult to be good at this. Um, I'd, I'd like to not be good at it because I don't <laughs> like it happening. I think it's the worst. Um, but we're gonna get through it today. Uh, we're gonna try to have some fun today uh but also properly respect uh the legacy of, of kobe bryant in every way uh that we can so i appreciate you uh you sticking through us uh through this this podcast um as we try to navigate our way through it because um, like i said it's it's hard but I, we want to put on a good show we want to have uh some fun and also like i mentioned put some uh put some respect <laughs> on that name because uh, it's it's freaking kobe man like every day i think about it and like I, I'll see, you know, either an Instagram story pop up, um, or a tweet, or just something on social media, and I, I get another reminder that that Kobe Bryant has passed away. I don't know if it's just the way that I cope with these type of things. Um, you know, it's news that at first you don't want to believe when you first hear yeah. it, and then when it I starts, can't believe to, it's real. Yeah, right. When it starts to set in, um, throughout the entire Sunday and Monday, really. Every any time I'd see, I'd, if I'd see a picture of Kobe and maybe like a, a caption of a something he said in the past, a quote or something like that, I'd read it and digest that. Mm-hmm. But anytime I scrolled down any timeline and saw a video of something about Kobe, I just I couldn't watch it. Yeah, I I, I, I would scroll right past it, knowing that it would um it would you know really I, mean, I was already in a bad mood anyways, just right? Considering that happened, and I didn't want that to um to build upon to build on any, any more than it already was, so. For the first couple of days, I wouldn't even bother looking at a video or anything about Kobe until really just yesterday, Tuesday, and today, Wednesday. Um, now that I was kind of more grounded about it. Mm-hmm. So that's just the way I dealt with it. Um, obviously, uh, Kobe Bryant was such like a staple of, I mean, my life as a sports fan. Because since the first time I watched or remember watching basketball, the first thing I remember knowing about basketball was Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal and the Lakers. Sure. Right. Like there were home videos my, my family has of me pretending to do the news as like a four year old, <laughs> three year old and saying like Kobe Bryant's injured. We don't know why he just is like that's yeah. that's something I said as a, as a, you know, hands quote news reporter on the, on the home video. So right. he was uh, somebody that was in my, like at least I knew of for my entire life as a sports fan so far. And I, mean, I was never I was never a Lakers fan. The first time I remember rooting for Kobe was during the 08 Olympics because mm-hmm. he was just running, playing for the United States and sure. I was rooting for them. But um, I mean, it's it goes beyond beyond sports, beyond the realm of 
am I a fan of you or not? Are you a good a, a good athlete or not? I mean, he was an icon of sure. sports and culture, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, I'm speechless at this point. So <laughs> I'm gonna pull up and bring it over to John because I have nothing yeah. else to say. I think I think Kobe. I think it hit people so hard because we never seen someone of this magnitude that people of this generation have literally grown up with and seen rise to greatness um, die so tragically. Um, I think I took a different perspective when this happened, and where it really hit me was when you started to get to the family aspect. So when you yeah. started to think about who else was on that plane, who sure. was affected kids who haven't um haven't gotten to live live out their lives and you look at kobe he's a well-versed guy he's been around everywhere he's been in the league for 20 years he's seen a lot not saying that he didn't deserve to continue to live his life right now there wasn't an untimely demise but right but he lived a a a full life and he's put a lot in place and you see you're here to see the impact but what about the you know the kids that were on there who never got to do that and then also the families that they left behind. So the, the, when I see those stories and I hear about, like, the, the story behind the um, other families that were on there, that's what really got to me. Um, and it's just, like, a tragic, helpless way to to go out. There's really not much you can do in that situation. The only way I can envision it is that, you know, Kobe being Kobe, Tried to you know tried to help everyone tried to make the best out of it the last situation and sure I no, mean, you know, yeah sorry to interrupt I mean we've seen the kind of guy that that Kobe is like with, I think there was a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago there was a, some sort of car accident in in California near LA uh, near um, Los Angeles near Kobe's uh, you know neighborhood and he witnessed this accident and he stepped out into the middle of the intersection after the accident and started helping people yeah that was the kind of guy that kobe was so i, I don't doubt that he tried to you know help people in that situation as best he could because that's just the kind of guy uh yeah. that kobe seemed to be right so yeah you just you just gotta remember to to bring up the other families because you sure we can't always just take the most famous person because of other course. other families are devastated there's that one of the families they left behind two kids that lost mm-hmm. both their parents and their siblings so yeah. just imagine how how rough that is but, yeah absolutely just a, a tragedy on all fronts of just like immeasurable magnitude it's just yeah. it's just sad when you when you see you know that that kind of stuff especially when because i feel like a lot of times and then, i mean this isn't really super sports related um but a lot of times you see uh news reports all the time of you know just uh area man you know age 51 you know dies in a car accident you right. say you know it's just like one of those things that's just on the news every day so you don't think about it you know but when when you see someone who like you said i mean like uh, we we've kind of grown up with with kobe to a degree i mean mm-hmm. we're we're all in our i mean john you just turned 30 um but i'm i'm in my mid-20s i bet those in his early 20s i mean our our whole lives have been Kobe's been a, a, a figure yeah. <laughs> pretty much our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see, like, again, yes, there was a lot of, of, of miles on those tires. He did live, like you said, a, a full life. But having that, um, I feel like he had a lot more to give, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's tough. And the, like, you, like you said, you, you think about all of the, the children that were there that, that, that were directly affected, obviously, who passed away. But also, like you mentioned, the, the, the children that were, that were left behind. Um, and it just kind of brings the fragility of of life into into the forefront, right? And yeah. we're and we're seeing the second 
half of Kobe's life. So that's mm-hmm. why it doesn't just affect the, the sports community. We're seeing a guy heading to his daughter's game mm-hmm. and, and essentially carpooling in a different fashion, obviously sure. taking a helicopter rather than driving, but carpooling to a, a, um, a, a children's tournament. Yeah. So think about all the other people that can relate to that loss. And right. Because it could have been a car accident that people right. take out doing stuff that normal people like us do. That's why I think it hits so many people and it relates to so many people. Sure. So, Absolutely. It's um. Sorry, John, I just want to say something. It's like the last sort of uh, r- relatable death in sports, at least, I'd say. I mean, it's then again, it wasn't on a national scale like Kobe is, but it was something of a accident that occurred to a player as the last person I could think of was Jose Fernandez. Right. When he passed away, it was a boat crash that, um, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, obviously it's a tragic death, but it's just, you know, riding on a boat is not something that any a lot of people can relate to. He was just kind of like just having fun with some friends. Right. And it was on a boat and not everybody has, a, has, had a, has had that experience. Like John said, a helicopter ride is not something we've all, we've all done or do very often, but he was making a commute to a everyday thing. Sure. He was he was just being you know a, a supportive father for his right. daughter, um, and his his daughter's teammates, and um, it, it's just one of those it's one of those things that the first thing I thought of when I realized that it, it came to he he died in a helicopter crash is I thought back to Jose Fernandez and I thought, wow it's 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 obviously just as tragic but it's one thing for a guy who was in the middle of his playing career and had you know the rest of his playing career ahead of him. Right. Who we were, we would have seen him as just an athlete. Like he's an athlete, and we want to see how he plays and how he does in his career. Um, and at this point, Kobe was not playing any any longer. He was just being a member of society. Well, he was he, an ambassador of the game. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean, like in general, he was right. just being a member of society, doing things that sure. every, every and any yeah. one of uh, us would be parent. doing. Yeah, yeah. He was being he a wasn't parent. on his way to a game or right. practice for one of his, you know, a, a Laker thing. Right. He was just he was just being something that we could all relate to, and that's being a father, yeah. being a supportive person, of family. Sure. Um. So that's what made it even more sobering, even more relatable. And also, um, you know, in this age of social media where people react to things right away, a lot of times when a public figure, you know, passes away, like David Bowie or Prince or something, or somebody like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can I can relate to people being sad about seeing somebody they adored, you know, pass away. Sure. But a lot of times, like, you know, I'm not, I, mean, I wasn't a huge Prince fan. I'm not a huge fan of David Bowie's music. Right. But in this case... Kobe Bryant was somebody that obviously none of us knew personally, but we all cared about on a level we didn't really realize until this happened. Um, and it's the first time I've really had to mourn somebody's death with everybody else on social media. Yeah. Right. Because in the past, I would just see people mourning a celebrity's death and be like, man, that sucks. Right. Because everyone could say, I have a daughter or I have a mom or I have a dad or I have a sister. Right. And at in every situation on that helicopter, somebody has some type of family member that they lost. So that's sure. why... Pretty much everyone can relate. Well, what if that was my? Or what if that was somebody yeah. that I know? So, just rough. It is. And the worst part is like the the odds of that happening are way higher in a car than yeah. an actual. Like <laughs> like like John said, we see car accidents on the news every day yeah. of the week. Yeah, so. and every day it's it's someone's wife, it's someone's mm-hmm. husband, it's someone's mother, father, yeah. whatever it is, son, daughter. So I think um, the overall. The overall concept that came out of this is everyone needs to like reevaluate how they, you know, their relationships with the people around them and just make sure that you cherish that. It sucks that it takes this to happen, but I I did start to see that message circulate a lot after this. Yeah, imploring people 
to to really just embrace um, your loved ones and 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 make sure that you value that time uh, with them. Um, and of course, the the sentiment has been shared um, by a lot of the people in the NBA community. Uh, obviously, a lot of people, a lot of teams, um, players, coaches, just people around the game, game adjacent, um, paying their respects to Kobe. I know uh, the day of that everyone found out they had a slate of games going on, and a lot of teams were taking you know 24-second violations and 8-second violations and all that. Mm-hmm. A couple of uh, players have announced that they're, uh, some of them are, are switching their game jerseys um, to different numbers. Uh, some players are holding on to the number 24 because they chose it in honor of Kobe Bryant. So they want to continue to honor, um, to honor that. Uh, I know there, there were, there was some talk of the league, maybe, uh, retiring the number 24 league wide. Um, I know Mavericks, the Mavericks owner, uh, Mark Cuban has come out and said that he's going to retire the number 24, uh, in the Mavericks organization. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no one else can wear that number. Um, what do you guys what do you guys think about uh about that? I love it. There's a lot you can do and it's nothing too restricting where you know it seems like there'll be any pushback. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not you're not asking for too much for one of the top 3, top 4 players in the game ever to just say, "Okay, don't, you know, we're not going to wear this number anymore." Yeah. I think that's very respectful, especially for other teams to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you look at these videos on the timeline and you see, if you look in a Sixers stadium or a Pacers stadium, and you see people holding up the yellow and um, or the gold and purple, sure, mm-hmm. that's a you know that's a big deal to to see that and to see that respect because it's not just a um, just a Laker thing, but it's you know it's bigger than that, and they're definitely you know honoring him. And then um, I think yeah. Quinn Cook also changed his jersey number to honor his Kobe's daughter so he combined the two right. and the eight mm-hmm. for that also yeah, so. Gianna's number was uh, was number two mm-hmm. um, and his number was number eight and so now he's going to wear 28 um, for the foreseeable future um, very very sweet a lot of, a lot of really nice uh, sentiments I'm not a lot of people have been upset at some of the players who have decided that they're going to keep wearing the number 24 to me like if the league decides that they're going to retire the number 24 going forward that to me is fine i, I feel like you shouldn't have to uh force other people who have the number 24 right now to change their numbers but i think that it's it's one of those things that if if you don't have a player on your team right now that's actively currently wearing the number 24 then take it out of rotation if you have someone who's currently wearing it that's fine they you know they do their career with the number 24 and, and that's fine right. um and if they decide to switch teams and they'll have to switch to uh to a new number if that team mm-hmm. had didn't have a 24 previously yeah, i think that's a good way to because you you never it. know what 24 means to them right like, i know my dad wore 24 in all his sports so you can't you you know you speak to that person before because yeah, right. you never know what that number meant before and why they're wearing it but i definitely agree with you that if the if you know if they made it league-wide like that was a um a rule to to retire that number yeah then uh, i could see why. i think um the one kind of parallel to this is uh when the mlb retired jackie robinson's 42 mm-hmm. and there were some players in the league who were still wearing it at the time and the mlb didn't say you have to change your number it's essentially just like you're allowed to wear your number until you retire and then after that you'll like nobody else will wear that number so yeah like mariano rivera wore a 42 until he retired in 2013 and then to be after fair, that, it's Mariano Rivera. Yeah, like, also, yeah. So for, no, of course, yes. But like, <laughs> um, he wore it until he retired, and then nobody's worn it since because of the uh, Jackie Robinson uh, retirement uh, number retirement. I think that if the NBA were to do it league wide um, for eight or twenty four or maybe both, um, I think 
most, if not every player of not just NBA in the NBA, but every player of basketball will realize that like, what the importance of that number is. Mm-hmm. You know what Kobe Bryant was to the sport, and they you know willingly give up that those two numbers. You know because like there are ninety nine other numbers you can wear. Um, you know it's just it's it's not. I don't think it'd be that big of an issue. And obviously, even if, if even if you don't give the players um, that option, like if you if you don't do that. If you don't retire his numbers, I think a lot of players like we've already seen will take it upon themselves to retire it you know, in, sure. informally. We're gonna, we're gonna. Has anyone thought about how we're gonna run out of good numbers at one point? <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's a problem because I mean, you do like yeah. if that's you my think, kids' problems. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got to think about the the teams that already have players' numbers retired. Right. Then you got to think about the league wide retirements that they do. Yeah, there will never it's be. Gonna a, be like, slim. You're going to be picking uh, lineman numbers soon for basketball players. <laughs> Start doing fractions, uh, decimals. I think the, I think the Yankees have none, no single digit numbers left that any player can wear. <laughs> like they've retired every number one through nine. Yeah. Maybe it might have even retired zero. I'm not positive about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have. Like I think the only one that's technically still available to be worn is number two, but obviously Derek Jeter is going to be retired. His number, if it's not already retired, I'm you not think sure. So? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like no no Yankee will ever wear a single digit number again, and eventually in like 200 years, we're gonna we're gonna be everybody's gonna be like, what's your number? 81. Uh, what's your number? 62. 105. 105. <laughs> 10.4. I like that. I like that. Call me Mr. 10.4. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if um, I did have an idea. We, we were talking about this earlier, guys, uh, about. Ways that the NBA could, uh, well, I guess not the NBA actually, just the Lakers. I'm sure the Lakers will put up a statue of Kobe, you know, regardless of if, if he would have passed away in this manner or not. Right, right. They, if they haven't already been planning a statue of him, of him, it's definitely going to be even. Right. You know, it's expedited now. It's going to be a sure. lot faster in production. Um, so we were talking about if they haven't already decided on what portrait of Kobe to use for a statue, mm. what kind of what portrait of Kobe would you guys want to use? Uh, so I'll ask you two first, and then I'll give you my idea. So I'll go with John first. So my idea, yeah, of a Kobe statue was outside of Staples. The moment where he stands on the uh, scorer's table after the 2010 championship, where he's got the, ball, the ball in his left hand. hand. Yeah, 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 and he's up on the scorer's arms table, outstretched. arms stretched out, right. confetti falling down. He's got the hat on, and uh, I don't know. I, I think that to me is like it's just the perfect encapsulation because I mean it was one of those, and and to me. My my Kobe Bryant is Dwayne Wade, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I mean, if you're a Heat fan, that's that's who it is. You know, I mean, granted, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, um, but they're a lot of parallels. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Relax. Not, no, don't get into <laughs> I'm this. Not now. getting into this conversation <laughs> right now. Um, he's but, not. He's not comparable to Kobe. No, in, in terms of like the, in terms of worldwide. No, I know, but I'm saying like in terms of like what he means to the Lakers organization is what I feel like uh, Dwayne Wade means uh, to me. So oh, okay. that you. that being said, and to yeah, yeah, fans, 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 not, not, not to NBA fans overall. Right. So my, I always think back to like when Dwayne Wade stood on the on the scorer's table and said, "This is my house." Right. Right. And Staples Center. Was was Kobe's house? If if by the time the Heat put up a statue of Dwayne Wade, if somebody's invented hologram statues, there needs to be that. Yeah, it's or just like a like moving this statue. Is this is my house. Just him doing arms down. up and down, up and down. Right. <laughs> um, so to me, like when I when I look at that picture of Kobe, mm-hmm. I think like, and it would be a good way to I don't know have that celebration be something like first off be like a very like momentous moment. Obviously, he's winning a championship, right? And to me, it's just such a photogenic picture. It's just like it's just it's just perfect. Yeah. In my opinion. John, what about you? Yeah. So when we talk about statues, I think I agree with him. I think that's the best one. I think no matter where you put that statue up, I think everybody knows that moment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're going to have his jersey number, so it's going to be easy to tell who it is. But <laughs> I think it's a good, uh, you know, it represents, that's when he showed, like, the most emotion that was captured on, on video or, right. or in a picture. And I think that would embody, like, everything from before that and everything that happened after that in his career. Right. I think that's a good one. Uh, my most memorable moment with him, I think if you just took, like, a snapshot. One, I was going to say, like, the, the dunk contest that that he won when he was younger. And then the other one was him in the locker room uh, hugging his his championship trophy. Mm-hmm. But interesting. I agree with you for the for the statue. What about you? Um, my personal opinion, I think I I enjoy the the statues that kind of encapsulate a moment of um yeah, like, like you said, high emotion or you know like the hit reaching the top of the mountain. I think um I think me me personally, I like statues that kind of just encapsulate the person in. In their element, not always like at the highest moment, but just them doing what they did the best. Sure. So, like for example, um, I visited. I've been to Michigan. I visited Lansing and saw Michigan State University. They have a statue of Magic Johnson in front of their uh, basketball arena, of him kind of just leading the offense. Like he's dribbling up the court and he's got one arm stretched out, kind of pointing to right. a spot where somebody needs to be on the floor. It's a very simple statue, but it's um, it's you know, it encapsulates what he did the best. Right. He's like leading the offense. Sure. Um, not that. One of my first ideas was Kobe doing a fadeaway because they have a statue of Shaq outside Staples of him dunking the ball. And he's got mm-hmm. his legs up, you know, real high like he did when he dunked. Um, and maybe Kobe doing his fadeaway would be like a, a nice snapshot of him doing what he does best. Um, another kind of like in cap, like a moment like John was talking about, maybe him, you know, fist pumping in his underbite. Like that's mm-hmm. a pretty iconic Kobe thing. I think that'd be a nice statue. Kobe shrug. Yeah, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of hard to see the underbite. I think in a statue because everything's the same color. Maybe I don't know. Like I'm I'm not sure. The one I really want to see though personally is maybe Kobe standing, you know, with his arms on his hips and he's biting his jersey like he always used uh, to do. Oh yeah, yeah. When he was like waiting for them, someone to th- uh, shoot. A yeah, free throw. so maybe he's like yeah. Yeah, at the free throw line or just in general because I feel like he always had the jersey in his mouth. Um, and that's like a very distinctly Kobe thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the underbite, I think, and then Kobe with his jersey in his right. mouth are two distinctly Kobe things. So yeah. I think if they just had him standing you know, wherever and just hands on his hips, biting his jersey in the left side of his, of like, I don't know, left collarbone, whatever you call it. But <laughs> um, that'd be my, uh, that'd be what I hope they put one. up. Or they yeah. can they can put him and Matt Barnes in front of each other with his arms down. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if they didn't even include Matt Barnes in the statue. It's just two arms. It's just two arms with the basketball in his face. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to remember Matt Barnes in these parts here. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's just a, it's been a, it's been a rough week, a rough week it of uh, trying to pay attention to sports in the way we used to before this happened when everything obviously is so inconsequential like it's literally literally just a game that we care about and you know that being said like we're gonna pretty soon start talking about the super bowl and even though that's the the biggest football game in america the biggest football game in the world it's at the end of the day a game you know like what what does this matter in the in, in in the grand scheme of things when you know things that are this real are happening um but you know we we move on and uh i think everybody will come to peace with the fact that um you know it's yeah. he's in a better place now yeah i just feel bad for the families because the the rest of the world is going to continue to to move on yeah and it's kind of like your world just shattered and, right yeah so 100 just got to pray for them and yeah and it's and it's nice to see some of the the outreach that uh this happened absolutely um, when you look at i think uh 
well, obviously, I, I don't know if you guys saw, um, I can't remember what program it was, but I did see a snippet of it um, where Shaquille O'Neal was talking about uh, the impact uh, that he had and where he was mm-hmm. when he when he found out. Uh, apparently, he had been shooting. Uh, um, I think he was just like in in the gym, just like you know putting. Yeah, he said he was working with his son. Yeah, and uh, and then his nephew came down and he had tears in his eyes and showed him the phone um, with the news on it. And then Shaq didn't want to believe. It. He said, "No, it's just some hoax stuff." Get that right. out of my face. Um, out of all the people I've seen that spoke about Kobe's what Kobe meant to them, I think Shaq was the most powerful. Like that was a, one of the first yeah. videos I I sat down and watched. Like I I brought myself yeah. to watch. Yeah, and I, def- I, I definitely I was like crying. Everybody was it. anticipating that because. He, I didn't even realize this, but he said the last time he really spoke to him was after his his last, last game. game. Yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't know it was that long ago. I, I, I would have thought they would have done an interview together or something. But well, they had finally buried the hatchet a couple of uh, a couple of uh, was it a couple months ago now, um, where they finally like you know because they had a, a, a long standing beef for a long time and they didn't really like like yeah. each other. Right? And I I am thankful, thankful, and 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 I'm sure they're not alone in this. And, and realizing that I'm, I'm that the fact that Shaq and Kobe had squashed whatever beef they had before this happened, his yeah. unco- his because un- like, I can't imagine how Shaq would have felt if they hadn't, you know, put that <laughs> yeah, to rest oh behind gosh, them. That would like that's one of those things where it's like you, like I believe it was Jay Williams on ESPN on Sports Center the day it happened. He was on live TV. He said like whatever issue you have with somebody in your life, like just drop it, please, yeah. because. Something like yeah. this could happen at any moment. Exactly. He right. already feels bad that he even let it get to this point for this. Right. Yeah, probably. And he had so many years wasted of not, you know, having that uh, yeah. that brother. Because that's that was, how he um, described him as a brother. Yeah. That Shaq interview was on Inside Inside the NBA, like a pregame yeah. show before, uh, I believe it was um, Bucks uh, or Celtics Heat. It was before Celtics Heat, and they was had it? they had okay. him on at, in Staples Center at midcourt, like, they did the show from there. Okay. One they had of the Dwayne Wade go too, right? Yeah, D Wade was there too. Um, one of my, one, I think one of the most powerful things was during halftime, or no, during halftime they had Steve Nash and Candace Parker on, mm-hmm. and then post game they had Rick Fox on. Oh yeah. And Rick and Fox obviously they was had like, been mentioning Rick Fox as yeah. one of the people who had passed away in the, in the yeah, helicopter. Rick, yeah. Fox, Rick Fox was one of the people. Like, it was just a rumor that started online. Yeah. About him being in the helicopter too. So seeing the fact that like a few days later he's now on on you know national TV telling telling people like yeah I was I, my phone was blowing up I was calling people back saying no I'm fine like imagine like it's okay it's one thing to you know find out somebody you love has passed away and then imagine the roller coaster of emotions of finding out somebody you love has passed away and then then you finding out like that's it's it's a lie yeah well and and that's to me like that's the biggest part like that frustrates me the most about just this day and age that we live in um, and I could talk about this some blue in the face. Um, but just the fact that like the the amount of times that people will report stuff, you know, and it, 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 some fault does lie with the media. I mean, TMZ number one, who oh. had, had mentioned that Kobe had passed away before. I think his wife had even found out. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm sure at that point. Any of the family, and then at that point, she realizes because that's the thing. She finds out that he's passed away through TMZ, and then the fact that he she, she knew that her daughter was with him. But hadn't been reported, so she's sitting there praying that she's not in the helicopter with him. Like to me, like that to me is just it's just ridiculous. Here's my question, and I don't mean to be like devil's advocate or whatever. Who, who, like who says that they didn't find out until TMZ? Like that's obviously something that people the, can. The people, police, the, when they um, 
when they did, you know how they do like a like yeah, a, they do the the press conference afterwards. Yeah, they were they were told because it had been winning out before they contacted, so they were the ones that said like we, you know, that was untasteful for them to do that. Yeah, before we got, we were able to contact them and let them know. Yeah, so unless whoever the the person on the scene who leaked it to TMZ had also had uh, Vanessa Bryant's information and texted her also beforehand, I doubt that she got she found out yeah. before TMZ did. I don't know. I just I just. I see what you're saying, I, but I, the, I just I, I don't like the, like there are plenty of things on social media you see that you don't want to believe, like the like Rick Fox being on the plane. It came right. out to be a lie or just a rumor. I I'm I'm not sure in what like in what sense do I don't know. It just doesn't seem plausible to me that even though people would like to come to the conclusion that TMZ is always quick on the scene, they're always the first to report things that they they reported something before before the family found out, but. I mean, the, the, the timeline of the crash to the report was about an hour, an hour to an hour and a half. Like, I don't, I'm not positive that, like, the police couldn't have identified that it was Kobe, or at least thought it maybe was, and then contacted the family first. I think, I, I think TMZ speculates. Like, I think they probably found out that there was a crash, and you know, you can put things together to see who may have been on that flight, um, and then you can just report something. But if if the person who's responsible for telling the families comes out and says we haven't told them and this has already been out, then that's when I would believe that, you know, they did it prematurely. So, yeah. Anyways, so let's change the subject because this is really sad. And, uh, you know, I like to, to tackle some other subjects in the podcast. We don't want to be entirely, um, sad today. Um, but let's talk a little bit. Do you have anything else NBA wise we want to talk about or can we move on to the Super Bowl? You guys think? Oh, we can move on. I think. All right, let's pick up the pace here. I know we're, uh, it's sad. Um, so, who you guys got in the Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> I don't want to say. I'm just going to tell you who I want to win. I'm not going to tell you who I think is going to win. Yeah, like, who am I? I can't, I can't actually predict things. Like, what, <laughs> what do what I know do you about mean? football? What, what kind of sports gas bag are you trying to be uh, here? The whole point is you sit there and say, no, no, no. They got to get the somewhat sports guarantee out there. Yeah, That's what the I've people I've never want. been so unsure in my life. That's the thing. Well, right now it seems like Vegas is also kind of unsure. I think the, the Chiefs are sitting at uh, minus one and a half. Uh, granted, it's, it's a neutral site game, so you know, uh, there's no home field advantage there. So that's about as even as you're going to get. Um, you know, for the most part in the Super Bowl. I think the, I think the Niners are rolling. At the best time of the season, well, technically all season, but I think they really picked it up towards the end of the season in the playoffs. Yeah, but I, go ahead. But Sorry. I think the Chiefs may shock the world. Hmm. What did they? Uh, okay, I, I don't think it's the not gonna, winning would shock the world. I it's don't not going to be a shock. <laughs> but okay, if you had to say, like, if you just took, if you just took X's and O's, I take the Chiefs. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, so. I, so this is the the logic I think that 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 we're going for here, or that you're at least making the case for. So we saw, um, I want to say it was 2012, where the Denver Broncos played the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Do I have that right? That was, 20, that was 2015. Yeah, I was, was it 2015? That was 2015. I'm um, It feels like that was so recent or so long ago. No, 20, 20, 2012 was Niners Ravens. That's right. It was that blackout game. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was Seahawks Broncos 2015. Okay, so that's that was the year. Sorry, I, I got my years mixed up. You're I'm not very good at years. Uh, but <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. 2014 because 2015 was Seahawks Patriots. Yes. Okay. 2014. All right. 
Now that we've got that squared away. Somewhere <laughs> in the middle between those two. Uh, so the the thing going into it was the Seahawks have had this tremendous defense and a solid offense. And the Denver Broncos were this The best prolific, offense of all time, basically. Yeah, prolific offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and a defense that was fine. And if we're going to draw parallels to this season, the 49ers are more Seattle Seahawks. Dominant running game. Because at that point, Russell Wilson wasn't really Russell Wilson like we know him. I mean, right, right. he was still he was on the up and up, right? But he was, what, second, third-year player at that point? Because he was drafted in 2012. So, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have been 2012 because that was the year he was drafted. So, yeah, he was drafted in 2012 out of Wisconsin. And he was only a couple years into the league. They had a dominant rushing game with Marshawn Lynch uh, and a really dominant defense. And when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, they have a whole stable of track stars at running back between Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, um, with Tevin Coleman, I guess, thrown in every every so often uh, now. Um, and to me, that looks a little more like the Seattle. I mean, Richard Sherman's even on that team. Yeah, <laughs> It looks a lot like the Seattle. <laughs> the parallels are scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That uh, was a good one. Right. So when you when you look at, then again, then again, we saw what happened with the Denver Broncos the year afterwards. Uh, because Peyton Manning didn't look that good. After two that. years afterwards, was that two years two afterwards? Two years afterwards. Twenty sixteen was the was uh, Broncos. That's right. Because it was yeah yeah, yeah you're, right, you're right. I will so, say that's enough. I finish. I'll okay. Say. So <laughs> I will. Uh, so <laughs> granted, Patrick Mahomes isn't on the decline of, of his career. That was my point. Yeah, I was going to say there's no parallels to be drawn between twenty fourteen Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes. Right. So that's the thing. You know, I don't. It's tough for me to, to to call this one. I feel like most people feel the same way just because, yes, you can draw that parallel, but Patrick Mahomes is really good. Yeah, like, I, really think, good. I think there's no no sort of um, basis. It's nothing you good? good. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, we're, we're leaving it in there. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was pausing for we're leaving editing it in purposes. There. All right. My I was going to say... Now that I burped, I was going to say <laughs> that um, I think, Patrick, there's nothing we can base off of like previous history to analyze Patrick Mahomes or predict what's going to happen. Because I think that Patrick Mahomes is he's certainly the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play football. Like to me, like I, I watched Aaron Rodgers when he wa- when he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl in 2010. Like I, I don't remember being this afraid of a quarterback mm. or this expecting a quarterback to absolutely dominate than Patrick Mahomes. Sure. So. I think the 49ers have, uh, what's the cliche? They have their work cut out for them. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that's crazy is when you, when you look at, I know what conventional wisdom wants to say, where it's, first off, Kyle Shanahan has coached in a Super Bowl before. He was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He knows what it's like to choke away a Super Bowl. Yeah, I was saying, he coached in the first half of a Super Bowl. I'm no. not sure he coached that second half very well. <laughs> to be fair, it was... He was an offensive coordinator. And oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was a lot of times that he wanted to do stuff that apparently Gus Bradley is that who's who's the no who's the coach right now for the Falcons? Yeah, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. That's what it is. But I don't know what's thinking. Gus Bradley. You think of Jacksonville? Yeah, I know. I was like, it's not. It's not Gus Bradley. Gus, <laughs> Gus Bradley's not going to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but anyways, Dan Quinn uh, said no to a lot of the things that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan wanted to do towards, especially towards the end of that game when they're trying to put away the New England Patriots. So, obviously, history, we all know what happened there. Uh, and I don't think that Kyle Shanahan is going to let that happen uh, again. Um, so, but then you look at Andy Reid, he's got two weeks of preparation. 
you know how terrifying that is if you're a defensive coordinator? Andy Reid with two weeks of preparation for the biggest game of his life? That's terrifying. <laughs> I think um I think there's plenty of fair criticisms to be made about Andy Reid and his um decision making late in games and like pressure situations. Mm-hmm. But also Andy Reid's never had Patrick Mahomes. That's that's exactly simple to me. it's that simple. And and the thing is that it's 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 baffling to me because we've seen Andy Reid maximize the talents of Alex Smith and um you know Nick Foles not Nick Foles what am I talking about Donovan um, McNabb right <laughs> and Donovan McNabb was was fine he was he was a good quarterback but you could tell that Andy Reid got got a lot out of yeah. him um especially when Donovan McNabb went on to other things later in his career and he was not good at all but when you have someone with the base skill level that Patrick Mahomes has and you incorporate all of these elements. I mean, look at the skill position players. I was gonna they say, have. Not, not to mention the weapons he has. I mean, you know? Tyree Kill. Are you kidding me? Travis Kelsey is basically a two hundred and seventy pound wide receiver who will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't like and do uh, it being extremely handsome. Yes. Uh, can we talk about a handsome <laughs> Travis Kelsey? Is my no. goodness. <laughs> Gee whiz. It's ridiculous. Every time they cut to him in the Super Bowl, the like, ratings are going to go up by like 10%. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, it's... <laughs> Who's more handsome, him or Jimmy Garoppolo? Can we talk about this? No, Kelsey. You guys can talk about Kelsey. it. Kelsey. Absolutely. You think so? I, think Jimmy, I don't know, I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's overrated. Yeah, really? Let's get into that, Jimmy. I don't know. Jimmy's a handsome fella. He's got kind of like that Mediterranean thing going on. Olive. I don't skin. know what that means. <laughs> He's got like the olive skin, very like tall, dark, and like very like quintessence, like tall, dark, and handsome. That's what you know. Me. <laughs> no, are we done having this conversation? I was. I. I. I, I had a SpongeBob reference. You guys know sold it. That sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the slick back hair. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my goodness. Oh, what a, what a reference. Anyways, if you don't get that. I'm sorry. Uh, you have to watch some more SpongeBob. Um. Anyways, uh, so I guess back to football. Um, yeah, I if there is one thing that is that might get the 49ers into trouble, it's the handsome man himself, Jimmy Garoppolo, because he's not that great. He has his moments where he's been fine. But especially recently, he the has not been the reason they've been winning games. Didn't Absolutely he throw for not. like less than eighty yards last game? He hasn't I don't in think the NFC Championship. I don't think he's thrown for a hundred yards this playoff. He hasn't playoffs. needed to. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. He hasn't needed to. Obviously, they've won. But they've but his whole his whole his whole season, he's been he's been wildly inconsistent throwing the football from an accuracy perspective, mm-hmm. from a decision making perspective. So I don't know. I. I'm interested to see what happens because he does have weapons. Like I said, the running game is fantastic and their defense is very good. Emmanuel Sanders is solid. Debo Samuel's been coming on uh, this season. Um, but if we're going to talk like skill position wide receiver wise, I give the advantage to Kansas City. If we're going tight end versus tight end, I think it's kind of a wash. I think because George team, Kittle's fantastic. I think the team with the best running game and the best defense is going to win. But it's not like. <laughs> That that makes sense. That makes sense. But I'm not. I'm not going to throw away the fact that Kansas City's rushing offense. It's not that bad. Granted, they're not consistently good, but they do a good job of hitting those home run plays. Now, granted, you might not get those too often against the uh, against the 49ers, but you never know with the with the offensive weaponry that they have that might open up a little bit more. Um, but given who, how talented their wide receivers are, so who who has the better running game? 
even if it's just by I mean even 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 I mean you're talking uh the 49ers but again I mean do they really But not by much and then who has the best defense overall The 49ers So then But who has the best quarterback So it sounds like a a very close game with defense edging it out by a very yeah, close because, margin because because to me yes the running game is the strength of the, the 49ers and they use their passing game like very rarely in the same way that the the Chiefs rely on their passing game and relying on the running game is not something they usually have to do. So I think, yes, the running, the 49ers are the better running back core, like the Chiefs have the better passing offense. I think um, the 49ers passing offense and the Chiefs running game kind of cancel each other out, if that makes sense. And then, yes, the 49ers have the better defense, and I think that's a, that's a good reason to give them the edge. Yeah. I, just think that the, I just think that the gap between the Chiefs' best element which is their passing offense and the 49ers I think best element which I think is their defense because Mostert as good as he was in the NFC championship I don't think you obviously can't rely on him to do that every game sure I think that the defense they're gonna have to rely on their defense to win them the game because the defense is directly going up against the strongest unit in this game which is the Kansas City offense well that's passing offense well that's why that's what I meant by shock when I when I say shock I mean like I think we're gonna see something out of uh, Patrick Mahomes that will just amaze us so much. Yeah. So like, how did he pull that off? Yeah, I think how did I he think, do that given the circumstances? Yeah, I think there are two outcomes to this game. It's either Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense run up the score, not crazy, but like not like a blowout. But they're the reason why the Chiefs pull it out. Like maybe they have they're up by a score or it's two and then they though. score again. I, yeah. Or or yeah. I think that the Forty ers defense can slow them down because they're not going to stop him, but they're going to slow him slow him down enough to where the Forty ers offense can do just enough to win the game. Yeah. Because the the 49ers put up numbers for for most games. Yeah, they they can score at office. Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic play caller, play designer. I mean, like, the dude is legit. And I feel like you can respect him now that he's on the uh, the Falcons, right, Alberto? I know you're a Buccaneers (laughs) fan. It was actually just, like, I didn't didn't realize that, like, we were talking about Shanahan wanted to do certain things in the second half that Dan Quinn said, we're not doing that. I didn't realize that. I thought Kyle Shanahan was the one being super aggressive on offense and everything. No, he wanted to, like, run the ball. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dan Quinn's like, no, 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 we're going to pass it. The Kyle Shanahan slander is not, it's not directed towards Kyle Shanahan. It's just directed towards the Falcons. Gotcha, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) Um, are you gonna get twenty eight to three tattooed somewhere on you at some point? I'm, I'm not. Boy, that, that's 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 a that's a level of NFL fan that I am not. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that. Yeah, I just I hope first off that it's not as boring of a game as last season's game was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think that with with the offenses being as good as they are, I get. I just I hope that it's not the same kind of game that that twenty fourteen. Uh, Broncos Seahawks uh, yeah. game was because blowout. that but, was blown out by like the first quarter. We're like, okay, first play like, of the game was a t- safety. Yeah, <laughs> Peyton Manning in his oh face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so I I just hope we don't get that. I mean, granted, I, I have faith in Patrick Mahomes to cli- climb his way out of almost any deficit. Yeah. yeah, but I just don't want the game to go like that because I just want to see. I don't want to see that offense become one dimensional because I like I want to see Andy Reid and his crazy plays. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan does the same thing. They're both very good. They do things a little bit differently in mm-hmm. terms of like schematically um, and how they operate and like the misdirection that they do and, and all that. Um, but 
to me, like the football nerd in me wants to see all of like the exotic stuff mm-hmm. and see all of like the, the misdirections and doing the, hey, you think the ball's going over here? And oh, it is. But wait a second, it's going to come back to the other side. And yeah. for some reason, the punter is here and he's throwing the ball 50 <laughs> yards downfield to a wide open Tyree Kill. How did someone forget about Tyree Kill? Oh, it's because there's 18 guys for some reason behind the line of scrimmage just dancing around. Like it's amazing to yeah. watch. And I just want to see that. I'll so ask, bad. I'll ask this question. Do you guys think this is like, did they make the right choice? Are these the two teams that deserve to be here at this point? They made the right choice. What does he think is rigged? No, <laughs> I mean, are these are these the two teams that deserve to be here at this point? In this oh, in terms of like the way that things kind of felt. I mean, yeah, I think there's an argument to be made that the Ravens. If I you, thought yeah. you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Titans, but oh no. no, 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 no. I'm talking about like overall the entire season. I would have liked right. to have seen the Ravens the most in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but I'm not mad that the Chiefs are there. I think I would have been more mad if anybody else made the Super Bowl out of the NFC than the Niners. I think I would have been more mad about that. No, that, I could have been okay with the Saints getting the getting you think the so? Yeah. The who? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, this is another. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like the Bucks fan, man. I'll tell you. God, we just gotta mute his microphone whenever we talk about NFC South opponents. <laughs> I will say this actually. I do have a question. What's the more iconic first play of a Super Bowl? Devin Hester's kickoff return or Peyton Manning's safety? Oh, Devin Hester for sure. Kickoff return. Oh, I, I, first off, I mean, you're talking to me. The Super Bowl was in Miami. And it's a Miami guy, yeah. And oh. it was Devin freaking No, trust Hester. me. It was, it was a joke. I'm, so, I'm just making fun yeah. of Peyton Manning. I love oh, making fun of Peyton know. Manning. I know you do. Uh, I love me some Him and his stupid Manning. revolution helmet. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love me some Devin Hester, though, too, man. Dude, oh, watching amazing. that guy play was amazing. Yeah, they finally realized, let's just stop kicking it to them. <laughs> <laughs> finally. <laughs> Take the ball out of bounds. It'll be way better. Uh, was, that was the only iconic play of that like very nasty Super Bowl. Like It was obviously like raining super hard in Miami that night, and right. the game was just a, a slug. The halftime show, though, I know you said you, don't like, you didn't like weren't a big fan of Prince, but like watching Prince sing Purple Rain while it was raining, I yeah. cried. Yeah. <laughs> you cried? <laughs> okay. Was yeah. I was sobbing. Breaking uh, news. Yeah. Uh, it was, John it cried. Was, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry when Shakira plays uh, Hips Don't Lie. Oh, so it's barely dancing in Miami. That's a great segue. I, I really hope that there's somebody in the crowd or just in the backup the backup dancers. Somebody has a Columbia flag. Because if they do, I'm going to start. I'm just going to. I mean, they will. It's Miami. I'm going to start singing the Columbia National Anthem. Just like oh. top, well, for, top of my lungs. Finish Hips Don't Lie and then break into the anthem. <laughs> or isn't Hips Don't Lie the actual anthem of Columbia? I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that was a good transition now into. Was it? Um, it was. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about prop bets because oh, yes. it's one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl. No game uh, matters. No, not. No game has enough people interested enough in it to for reasons do other stuff than like the game. That. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's one of the last. You know, it's. I mean, it is the last NFL game of the season, and all these gambling degenerates want to get in on some action in the NFL before the whole thing <laughs> wraps up. Uh, much like uh, you know myself and some of the people here in the show. So. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about some of these prop bets. And, of course, you know, you get, you got the normal ones, like, oh, like over and under the amount of yards that Raheem Mostert rushes for and, you know, how many total touchdowns in the game. That's um, not what we care about, though. And there's, like, a little bit funkier <laughs> ones, like the jersey number of the player of the with the first touchdown. Is it going to be odd or is it going to be even? Like, those are kind of fun. But I love these. So let's talk about the Jennifer Lopez and Shakira halftime show. These are all yes or no prop bets. First song by J-Lo, Let's Get Loud. Yes or no? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't recognize that song by let's its name. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Oh, that, that's, I didn't know that was her. I'm um, pretty sure that's her. I can't play it for you because then we'll get taken down for J-Lo. DCMA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Very I'm terribly. Gonna, I'm going to be honest with you. That's, that's probably a good bet. I thought so too because it's a, it's a good tone setter song. I would say yes on that one. Yeah. 
At, at some point, she's got to say Jenny from the block, though, right? She's got to throw that <laughs> um, All right. So first song by Shakira, wherever, or sorry, whenever, wherever. Yes or no? She's going straight into Hipstone. You can't go <laughs> straight into Hipstone. Lie. Uh, I got yes for this one too. I think that's I'm, I'm going to defer to you because I'm going to no go idea. back and look at one of her performances, like at an award show or something, and she's probably going to do that same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to take a look at here. So there's a, a couple of different ones. Uh, I think I think the most obvious, or maybe not the most obvious, but the best bet, like the the best bet you can make. It is, a, it is a lock of all locks. Is will a real dog appear in more than three commercials? Over, absolutely. Like I, I think that I mean America loves dogs, and that's I, true. And, and I think that three commercials is so low. I'm, well, I'm thinking the about first, like five it, or six commercials overall will have so? a, a real dog in it. Are you kidding me? Mm. People love dogs. But it could be like one commercial with like five dogs. And then here's, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like it could be four commercials where the dog is the main character in the commercial. And it could be like seven others where there are people walking dogs in the background. But it could like, be that a CGI counts. dog. That. Oh, a real dog. That's what they. Oh, boy. That's how they get you. Oh, Ooh, boy. It's got to be a real dog. There's, there's, there's always, a, the there's the always a commercial where a dog is talking, isn't there? Yeah, and so that's, that would mm, be a CGI so fixed. I'm still going over, absolutely. Going they over. heard about I'm that bit. absolutely still going over. <laughs> Whatever. I, I got a feeling like one of those, like, like there's gonna definitely going to be like a political ad during the Super Bowl. Oh, for and sure. And there's going to be like like one of, one of the political candidates like standing by like their house, like in their, their backyard with like their, you know, their, their very white family and like, <laughs> oh, like check out my dog. Like, and the, look how lovable I am. You know, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> watching, political, watching political candidates try to act normal is so funny. Like there was a it's, video circulating yeah. around Twitter last week that of Mike Bloomberg like meeting a dog and he was like, he petted him on the head like, you know, like a normal person, like a normal person would. Yeah. And then for some reason he grabbed him by the jaw and just started shaking him yeah, around. Like shaking his hand, like, but it's his mouth. But it's his jaw. That's the I'm just like, you know what, man? That. Like you, you, there is no way you're not, you're not a robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some of these commercial ones are pretty funny. Will Hyundai be the first automobile commercial? Yes or no? I'm going Chevy. Really? Mm. Or, or Ford. I'm going American. Not, mm. Dodge not, also not, not that a stranger I'm, Not that I'm like super that. like American cars only, but like right. I just think that if the first car commercial is not an American company, like what are we doing? It's got. It's got to be. I mean, it's it got to be America's a, game. It's got to be a Mustang commercial or a Chevy Silverado no, F one fifty Ford. Tough. It's definitely, Ford tough. Like, it's it's definitely a truck. I think or Dodge Ram, like you like you were yeah, saying. Like, it say has to be a Dodge truck. Ram uh, or uh, what is it? Or Ford or Chevy? You know, it would be funny if like the person who dropped the most on the money on a commercial is like Elon Musk. He's like, hey, here's a Tesla commercial. Yeah, I, was just thinking, I was just thinking about yeah. that because Tesla's American too. That's fair. <clears throat> let's see mc hammer cheetos ad before the first quarter ends is that is that a thing that's happening because i don't know i guess i didn't realize the other heard that. i know the man needs money um i don't know i feel like i feel like if we know the subject matter of the commercial beforehand less likely they're going to pay for a prime time spot at the beginning of the super bowl here's a real question how many years is it going to take for doritos to bring back the don't touch my mama don't touch my doritos kid <laughs> like how, how much time <laughs> Like wait till he's an like, adult, maybe. You know, like wait till he's like a teenager and like. Or no, maybe he's an adult and he's like he's like somebody comes to his house and eats his Doritos. It's like don't or maybe like a, his daughter, right? When he's like a super big adult and he's like a super big adult. What am I talking about? He's an adult with a <laughs> teenage daughter and the daughter brings a ho- guy home and he's like eating his Doritos Ooh. and he's like don't touch my daughter and, and don't, don't touch, touch my Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> I love that. That's like about thirty game. years from now. You're hired years from now. Yeah, <laughs> somebody hire me. Yeah, you're hired. Uh, all right, so the uh, Anheuser Busch brand ad before the Coca Cola brand ad. I, I don't, I, I don't know what to think, think either Coke, way. I think Coke might come first. The you bear think so? sliding down a, 
Uh, well, that's only during Christmas time, though, isn't it? Uh, no, I, I think the polar bear Coca Cola is all the time. time of the year. Really? Either that or the, like I said, it's either going to be the Coca Cola polar bear or the Anheuser Busch like horse. Right, the Clydesdales, of course. Yeah, I mean, the that's what it's called. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I, all I know is the fuzzy foot horse. Yeah, the fuzzy foot horse. The fuzzy hoof. That's the uh, less accepted term. <laughs> that's the scientific term. Yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> that's the scientific <laughs> genus name. That's right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so this is always a fun one, always a classic. Uh, the color of Gatorade dumped on the winning head coach. Your options are clear, which I didn't realize there was a clear Gatorade. Well, there is a clear one, but it's, all, it's like whitish, actually. But I think oh, it's usually like ice. It's, it's usually like clear mm. slash water. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um all right, so then there's lime slash green slash yellow. I guess different people call it different things. Yeah, my dad calls it green. I've always called it yellow. I'm like, how do you? How do you it's call not, it? It's green? never green. What are you talking green? about? I don't know. He's like, he's always called it green. I'm like, it's, it's yellow. There it's is like, a green. Oh, there green. is a green one now. It's like the green apple one. Right. No, I know that, but like it's. And then know. the travesty that was like the cucumber one that they made. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I thought what? that was good. Limon cu- get out. I'm, that we're not out. really. We're not having this conversation. They actually had that on the show. <laughs> there's a, there's one I limon I, pepino. I, no, I forget what it was. I forget why they brought it out, but yeah, it was like limon like in Spanish, and then like. Pepino. Cucumber. Yeah. Was it was it pepino? pepino I thought yeah. it was cucumber. But it's pepino, pepino's cucumber. So like I you'd open it and you'd just be blasted in the face by cucumber. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm already I out. love I'm good. cucumber. I like cucumber too. Not in a Gatorade. <laughs> I love cucumber. It's so I don't refreshing. Wanna, I don't want to drink cucumber juice. <laughs> it's not cucumber juice. There's no actual juice in Gatorade. Everyone knows that. <laughs> All right. So there's lime green slash yellow. Sli- lime slash green slash yellow. At orange, then there's red blue and purple john made a good point that it might be red because both teams primary color is red i think i'm going orange because miami and florida i don't know i'm going blue because it's the best flavor <laughs> oh i agree with you i just that doesn't mean anything yeah <laughs> no, I they're, just... they're going for optics now no, they don't, don't want to waste the blue one like, no, we're gonna drink this one, What's <laughs> no, the one we you don't know what, like? you know what they're not gonna do here's a here's a real like nerdy technical like uh like tv production thing they're probably not gonna do blue because people can photoshop that to like do anything else because like blue and green can be photoshopped like a, like a green screen slash blue screen. I don't think they really think about that when they grab the... They probably don't. They probably don't. But it's always funny to see people photoshop the blue Gatorade into being something else. We will see. We will see. One of my favorite um, prop bets is always something like... I mean, it's it's definitely football related, but it's always something very like niche and who's going to think about that. So like you were talking about Matt Breida earlier. He's a backup mm-hmm. running back. One of the prop bets is Matt Breida rushing attempts, a three and a half over or under. And it's just like, why, why would I ever think about that? But it's one of those bets that like you're not going to think about until you realize Matt Breida has three three rushing attempts in like the third quarter, and you're just like, please, 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 yeah, please. Yeah. Or if you bet the under, it's like yeah. Matt Breida, like somebody hit him. Well, no, yeah. that, that's a wrong thing to say. Don't, don't injure him. Someone but like, step on his toe. <laughs> somebody piss off Matt Breida and make him go off on the sidelines so he gets benched. I don't know what yeah. you know. It's one of those like type of bets where you don't think about it until it's right on the cups of being cups of being one way or the other. I agree. I'm surprised somebody on Reddit hasn't leaked like the halftime show uh, itinerary or the or the list of commercials <laughs> that are coming. Well, there's always, it's always the, one of the bets that they always have is like how long will the national anthem last? Oh, like this yeah, year, Demi yeah. Lovato singing it, and the, the the number will always be like two minutes and like four seconds. And it's always funny because that number will be posted like a week before, so people can start betting it. But then the real money on that bet doesn't come in until like a few hours before the game because obviously she has to rehearse. So somebody is in the stadium timing her rehearsal, and then they put that, they give that to Vegas, and Vegas adjusts the line to react, you know, to match that. Wow! It's always the day of that 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 bet gets really, really heavy, either you know, over or under. Gotcha. So like she'll rehearse at like two minutes eleven seconds, wow. and then they'll make the line like two minutes nine seconds, and now mm. people just start moving money. <laughs> and then maybe she like, what if she like gets choked up because she's 
doing the national anthem in front of right. 60,000 people in the Super Bowl and millions and millions worldwide. She chokes up. Now she takes four extra seconds and now you lost your bet. Yeah. <laughs> so we got... So yeah, she, really, she really drags out that brave. <laughs> and it's just brave yeah, for like seven no, she, seconds. She definitely fixed it though. She does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got some money on yeah. the over. <laughs> <laughs> How am I doing on time, Tony? Okay, four more seconds. What if she bet what if, what if she bet the under and she just cuts out a line entirely? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. That's smart money. Anyways, <laughs> all right. I think that'll do it for this edition of the uh, the Somewhat Wait. Sports Podcast. What you got? Anything I think else? We got a headline. Yeah, we have to do our anything else segment. Oh, I didn't bring in anything else today. It appears <laughs> that <laughs> Shakira accidentally leaked her Super Bowl halftime show set list. Oh goodness. Okay, so what was it? The uh, the the, the line song? here was uh, "Let's Get Loud" or no? Sorry, when, uh, "Whenever, Wherever." That was uh, Shakira's first song. Is that first? What do they have first here? It looks like whenever, wherever. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> Let's get loud. Look at that. Me gusta. I like it. Hips don't lie. Mm. The Colombian National Anthem? <laughs> she Wolf? I don't know that song. Yeah, that's, that's it's a Shakira song. Mm. This is interesting. It doesn't have in order. It's like just naming the songs that they think. Oh, okay, 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 oh, okay. okay. See, I thought it was the entire set list. yeah, yeah. All right, so I guess we got to do this anything else segment. Alberto, anything else? Yes, John, I do have an anything else this week. <laughs> My any- anything else is also uniform related. <laughs> We're going back to the uniforms. All right, that'll be uh, it for this. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! Anything else is is my spot to to talk about uh, the aesthetics of sports, right? Is it not? Go ahead. Okay, the NFL likes to do, uh, and a lot of football games when it's like a big game, like national championship, bowl games, whatever. They like to put a patch on the uniform of the game itself. So this both teams will be wearing Super Bowl patches on their uniform. The problem that this introduces is that the Chiefs have two patches on their uniform. They have one on the left um, that memorializes Lamar Hunt, their owner, their owner. And then for the captains, they have a C on their right shoulder. Sure. That's where the Super Bowl patch is going. So now the C, or excuse me, the Super Bowl patch is pushed up towards the numbers on the shoulder. And it looks really dumb. Right. Patches in general can be can look really good or really bad. Super Bowl patches are fine to me. Captain's patches are fine. The memorial patch fine. Um, but man, it does not look good because I've seen we've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of like the uniforms how they're going to look for the game. Right. And it's just like it is just way too much clutter on the right shoulder. And then also the Chiefs aren't wearing the red pants, which is a travesty because red, 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 red against gold, white, gold would look great. So you're saying we're going to have an ugly Super Bowl? No, it's not ugly at all. It's a very good looking Super Bowl, oh. but like it could have been better. It's like a nine and a half out of ten. It could have been a ten. <laughs> that's what I'll have. That's all I have. That's my anything else. Anything else, John? Nope. I don't have anything else. Wow. I do. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. Yeah. My anything else is uh, we're looking for a third ho- co-host that doesn't like talking about uniforms as much. <laughs> if you'd like to... <laughs> Email us sports at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. That was fun. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for when I defect and do my own uniform <laughs> podcast. <laughs> You'll see. You'll, You'll see. see. You'll see. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks uh, so much for joining us for this edition of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. You can catch the show at Somewhat Sports on Instagram and Twitter. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at John Dennis Radio. That's J O N Dennis Radio. My co hosts, uh, John Williams. J O Williams 5 on Instagram. And Alberto Camargo. A L B 
A-R-E-T-O-E on Twitter and on Instagram. It's the same with an underscore at the end. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you don't mind. It'd mean a whole lot to us. Uh, thank you so much and have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Mamba forever. Mamba forever.